Hi, this is Tim. This is just a heads up that all the advice you're hearing in this podcast is general in nature. If you want something more specific, then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant. Hi, I'm Tim. And I'm a nerd. Oh, wow, Tim. Great candor. And I'm Dan. Ow. Welcome to the Two Drunk Accountants. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's about right. At least um, at least I didn't call myself a nerd, Tim. Fantastic uh, candor, as I said on the podcast. You've been very honest today, and uh, I think the listeners really appreciate your honesty. Cause you Thanks are, for listening. Because you, uh, you're a dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just call me a dog? <laughs> Dork. Oh. <laughs> Dog's probably better. I say, taking that to the next level all of a sudden. Yeah, your dog. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just a dog, you're nothing but a dog. Uh, uh, Tim, how you going this week, buddy? How's your? What's the Tim and Dan low for you? How are you doing? Yeah, uh, it's been a pretty good week. Mm-hmm. I um, I don't know what what's been what's happened. I, I I had a RDO on Monday. That was very nice. Nice, nice. Just sort of yeah, I had worked some extra hours and decided to just take a rest. Yeah, it was really good, actually. I don't think you call that an RDO, though. It don't, isn't it a? Um, uh, there's another word for it that means that you've worked the additional hours to reach that time in lieu. No, yeah, like there is that, but essentially that's what you talk time in lieu. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was pretty good. Mm. I enjoyed that. Mm. What about you? How's your week been? Yeah, busy, 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 busy. Going through all the work and stuff, and uh, just just busy. Yeah, just busy, Tim. That sounds exciting. Not really. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what is exciting though. A big part of my week is I've officially won the fourth consecutive straight week <laughs> in ping pong. Uh, uh, the other exciting part was duct taping the trophy to the pole, mm. uh, as as our listeners may have seen on our social medias. That was a great little innovation we came up with there. Yeah. After <laughs> hanging some whiteboards on the wall, <laughs> that nice big cardboard roll there that we could... <laughs> Just duct tape the trophy to. Yeah, it does feel very survivorish. Yeah, I do. Whenever I pick it up to come to the grand final, I do feel like it's, you know... I'm, I'm walking to tribal here with my flame. Hopefully, no one's going to snuff it out. But yet, yeah. no one's done it. It's really um, gratifying as well for the winner to be able to walk around with that with that pole. Yeah, I've I've been the only one able to do it so far. We've only had it for uh, a week, though. Yeah, that's true. We've only had one grand final. One grand final. Yeah. Mm. But uh, still, yeah, just for the people out there. Um, just a quick pong, pong date. Yep, I am still the champion this week. And that means I've officially <laughs> taken over as long as I make the grand final, uh, which by your I will. calculations, Dan. I, I don't know. As long as I officially make the grand final, which I will, I will have taken over Tim in the leaders table. So I'm just on a little hiatus at the moment. Uh, I've been to ping pong camp. That was my Monday, my yep. day off. I yep. couldn't actually stump up to work after losing to you on Friday. <laughs> so shame, shamefully as well. Mm. It was like tw- it was like fifteen to five. Mm. Anyway, but uh, yeah, um, uh, I'll be back. That's all I can say. Cool. All my supporters know to believe in me. So. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, for if there is any of them out there, I'm sure they're you know they're stu- they're stuck on through worse. They must right. be Essendon supporters too, are they? If, if you're used supporter, to losing, uh, send me a message. I need to hear from you right now. <laughs> <laughs> I need I need your love. Uh, uh, Tim, I've actually I've got a good joke for you. 
Oh, cool. Yeah. I like good jokes. Yeah, I thought I'd um, lighten up the podcast this week and bring, okay. a, bring along a joke. It's a knock-knock joke. Okay. But uh, you need to start it. Knock-knock. Uh, Who's there? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should have come prepared, Tim. You're starting the oh, joke. I walked right into that one, didn't I? <laughs> walked right into that wooden door. Uh, it, was a classic, it, was a, it was a classic joke. <laughs> it's a classic joke Where did you hear that one? Um, I think Macca heard it from his school kids uh, That he teaches Speaking of Macca This is a friend of ours Yeah A little bit of a tight ass And uh, <laughs> Dan you were, you were telling me a story the other day That made me think of Macca mm. you remember that one? I remember you it's, telling me you thought of it's Macca It's a little bit business related mm. Because it's all about providing value Yes And negotiating Yes Breaking things down <laughs> Yeah yeah I do remember that <laughs> You know the one I'm talking about? Yeah I do know that uh, Do you want me to tell it? I think you should. Okay. You should. And, and if you're listening, just think of the stingiest friend you have. And this is that friend. <laughs> All right. So, I, I, did an, I did a negotiating course at uni a long time ago. And uh, they showed us this video of this guy negotiating, haggling the price of getting a tooth extracted at the dentist. And basically, he calls up, he speaks to the reception, asks how much it is, and, and they say, oh, it's, it's $700. And he says, oh, brilliant. Okay, well, what's involved in that? And they, they start to break it up bit by bit. You know, you get, you know, uh, when, you, when you turn up, they give you such and such. It's like, okay, I probably don't need that. Um, all right, well, what does it cost now? Six fifty. All right, well, what's next? Okay, well, you, we have uh, two hygienists in there. Why do you need two? All right, let's cut down to one. What's the price now? <laughs> Five fifty. Uh, you know, what's the next thing on this? Okay, well, we obviously give you general anesthetic. Okay, well, how much does that cost? It's about two hundred bucks. All right, let's drop that off. No, you know, we strongly recommend you keep it. It's a lot of pain. No, no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. This guy sounds like an accountant. Yeah. So, all right, what's the price now? Well, we're down to you know, three fifty. Yeah. yeah oh, brilliant. Well, can I uh, book my wife in next Tuesday, please? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a great story. Uh, it's like straight away, I just thought Macca. That's yeah. Macca. <laughs> it is Macca. Just everyone, a huge has, everyone has a Macca in their life. Everyone's got a friend that's a tight ass. That would book, that would, uh, like, book someone important to them in. <laughs> haggle the dentist down on the, on the pain control <laughs> for their wife's dentist. Uh, terrible. Uh, terrible, so, terrible. So, what's the... Uh, What's the main topic for today, Dan? What's our education? Well, our main topic for this week is actually just the second half, or it's actually the first half of the yeah. uh, of the interview we had with Guy Pearson last week. So we kind of flipped it on its head. Yeah, we we, we played the second half last week. Um, this week we thought. Uh, rather than Tim and I waste our time coming up with new topics for the <laughs> podcast, so, well, why don't we just play the first half? Uh, but no, it was actually it was a fairly interesting um, uh, first half of the conversation, just as the second half was. He he, he goes really into depth um, about his story. So uh, es- essentially, uh, it'll be about a half hour of guide just explaining uh, where he started from and and how he got to where he is now and what he did along the way. What I actually really liked about the chat was. Um, him talking about coming through in an, in old school accounting firms, yeah, when cloud accounting wasn't a thing, yeah, didn't exist, nope. And also, I guess just the the roadblocks he's come across along the way in the accounting profession, yeah. But also, just I suppose things that life throw at you. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, for he, sure. He at one stage was working working in a pub. Mm. <laughs> Full time in the yeah. evenings, yeah. While also starting off his own accounting firm. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It, it was really it was fascinating, and and it's really good to hear 
you know, a, a story of someone starting up several success, successful businesses and, and the hurdles they reached along the way. Um, it'll probably resonate pretty strongly with a few people. Enjoy the chat. Oh, actually, Tim, before we go to the chat, oh yeah, we didn't do our business update. Ah, oh, forget all about that. Yeah. <laughs> so the business update today, just quickly, a couple of things. Uh, the first one I have to bring up is uh, some new rules came into effect this year about rental property ownership, and and mm. we did an episode a couple uh, episodes ago about negative gearing, so it kind of ties into that a little bit. Uh, essentially, uh, the ruling is that if you buy a new property. Uh, you know, off somebody else. And normally what would happen is in the past, you'd get a conveyancer or someone to come in and look around the place and find all of the depreciating assets and what their rough values are now. Uh, and then you'd get a deduction. So what they've changed the rules to, uh, if you've purchased a property from someone, you can't deduct depreciation for the decline in value of all of those assets anymore. Uh, in the property. However, if you go and purchase a new item for that house after you've purchased it, well, then you can depreciate that and get a deduction for it. Mm. But that item needs to be brand new. Can't be used. It can't be used. It's secondhand, all secondhand. So, Mm. secondhand, uh, everything that you've purchased off the person that owned it before, plus anything that you're purchasing secondhand after you've owned it. So, Mm. let's say that uh, you've decided to furnish the property and you buy a secondhand fridge to put in. You couldn't claim a deduction for that fridge. But if you went and bought a brand new fridge from Bing Lee, uh, <laughs> then you could deduct that. Yeah, it's an interesting move. I guess it's sly rolling back negative gearing. Really. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree. Yeah, so reducing those paper losses you can make by depreciating assets that someone else bought and you yeah. technically bought when you bought the, the house. Yeah, that's um, right. That you're investing in. So, yeah, that's an interesting one. It'll catch a few people off. Yeah, definitely. Because it's it's not happening in the 2018 tax returns, is it? No, 2019. no. It starts the 1st of July 2018, I believe. Okay, yeah. So, the 2019 tax Although returns. I could be wrong. We should probably check that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, no, I, I feel like that's, yeah. that isn't in effect yet. Okay. But has it definitely passed? Like, it's gotten a sense? Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's an official rule. Mm. Mm-hmm. There you go. I believe you've got another quick topic for us, Tim. Yes, it's about the black economy. Which is uh, quite an ominous, uh, ominous... Yeah, it's an unfortunate name, isn't it? They, they, <laughs> like, an ominous name. <laughs> they should have called it maybe it's the cash economy report. That would have been better. Uh, yeah, so the, the Black Economy Task Force was established by the government in the last budget. And that's something that they announced that it has actually happened. So that's gained assent um, in the last week, Dan. Nice. Yeah, and I, I guess it gained assent, but the bill passed through the Senate or something like that. Yep. Um, anyway, what they're doing is they're trying to crack down on cash economy and, and dodgy things happening. Mm-hmm. I think they call it the black economy because they're trying to crack down on um, illegal activities. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're trying to make it seem like it's something dark and ominous and scary and unknown. And, and that name really provides a little bit of emotion to it yeah. r- rather than just saying the cash economy. The cash economy. Yeah. The black economy. So, yeah, one of, one of it, an example of a measure that they're taking straight away mm-hmm. is uh, capping cash transactions to $10,000. Yeah, and, and this one was announced in the budget, I think, as well. Yeah, that was. So, so this is something that passed through the budget. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so one of few. But then the other thing was the taxable payments annual reporting. Yep. Um, so that was only in the building industry. 
which was basically builders, they, if they have subcontractors, they have to report what payments they've made to those subcontractors. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's sort of like a payment summary, but it just allows data matching for yeah. subcontractors uh, so that they're not... Um, so that they can't avoid including the income that they've earned in their tax returns. Yeah, and we, we've spoken about this before, uh, and really it's just to stop the tradies that go up to people and say, hey, for cash, we'll give yeah. it to this price. But And I guess it also happens in the cleaning industry yeah, and, so the, and other in exactly. delivery industries. So, so they're so. expanding it out to those two yeah. industries at this stage. I mean, one day, all um, employers of subcontractors could be... Um, required to lodge a T-bar. Yep. So, yeah, th those are just a couple of things they're doing at this stage. Um, so, it'll be inter interesting to see if they can kick any goals yeah. in the black economy. Okay. Yeah, so that is interesting. Uh, a quick update on our earlier one. Uh, yep. It's the 1st of July, 2017. Oh, hey. And applies for all houses purchased after 7.30 p.m. on the 9th of May, 2017. <laughs> Because <laughs> that's when they made the announcement. Yeah, so there's not that many people, um, or there'd be a lot, but um, at least not in my client base, that, that have purchased a, have rental, purchased property a rental property in that time frame. Um, but uh, well, but yes, yeah, so something to be considered. You get a quantity surveyor to do a report for you. Exactly. And, and that they anyway. know the rules. Yeah. yeah. It's just that the only thing to be aware of is if you're buying used items, then... yeah. Um, then obviously it's you can't appreciate them. Yeah, be aware of that. Yeah, but how many people are buying used items anyway? Not that, Not many. that many. Not that many. Yeah. All right, well, uh, enjoy our chat with Guy, everybody, and we'll see you at the other end. All right. Cook, 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 cook. Yeah, well, why don't we get started by just letting us know a bit about yourself. You know, you've started um, two successful businesses that I, that I know of off the top of my head. So, it'd be good just to get a, a bit of story and a bit of background on, uh, on you and, uh, and, and what, in brief, what, what's your journey been? Yeah, cool. Uh, so, I'm Guy. I don't know. I guess that's pretty obvious by now. Uh, but, um, <laughs> look, I did a cadetship uh, in high school uh, and an accounting firm offered me a job before I finished high school. Uh, here in right. Sydney's Northern Beaches. Okay. Um, and basically worked at that mid-tier firm and then another mid-tier firm. So, very tax-heavy, top-down, structured firm. What sort of time um, frame, what sort of time frame are we talking as well? Oh, mate. Sorry. Uh, 18 to 21. Oh, like 2000s or? Cause oh, right. Yeah. Early 2000s. 2001 to 2004. Yeah. 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 So, interesting time in accounting. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, still heavily yeah, yeah. MYOB, <laughs> desktop based. Still heavily MYOB. Yeah, yeah. All of that. But the, the interesting part was that the tax portal had been online since about 1998 and uh, okay. it was online back at this point in time, right? So, it wasn't, uh, yeah, we weren't, we weren't posting checks. Uh, we could look yeah. up online for certain things, but the yeah. transactional data and, and systems was all still really desktop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, uh, dial-up uh, dial sounds were yeah. my life um, at that point in time. <laughs> getting to a page in the ATS portal took about three minutes. Yeah. Um, but it was much faster than calling and waiting online. No, yeah. waiting on hold, rather. So, um, anyway, so that's that, that sort of side. I learned all about tax. I learned about, uh, you know, statements of financial yeah. uh, reports, all that sort of thing. I was at uni at night. Uh, been pretty topical at the time back then. Yeah, so my, one of my first work experience uh, gigs was basically going in to do all the registrations for this firm's GST, which is really? like thousands and thousands of clients filling out forms. <laughs> um, so that was that was riveting. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, so um, 
So GST just rolled out. You know, Maya was uh, the biggest and bestest thing going around on the desktop. There was QuickBooks as well. Um, you know, BGL was around in terms of corporate compliance and, and sort mm-hmm. of, you know, Super had been well released, but really wasn't self-managed super funds weren't a huge thing, but they sort of started yeah. becoming a thing at that time in time. Um, yeah. You know, we looked after athletes, uh, mostly yeah, being on the beaches, um, you know, a lot of construction guys and plumbers and tradies. Nice. Um, and surfers and whatnot. And then, uh, so it was about three, three and a half years. That was great. Um, I wanted to move more into the business world. So I changed more to a firm that was uh, a flat structured, yeah, uh, right. open plan offices as a secondary. And, uh, thirdly, uh, we looked after large family groups and sort of more business style, um, right. uh, enterprises. Um, and so that switched my whole shit up from, uh, you know, getting a tax refund and getting a hug and a kiss to, uh, you know, tell me where my money went. So source and application yeah. of funds, SWOT analysis, tax planning across a group, and uh, SWOT SWOT analysis for the year ahead. So yeah, you know, what are what are things that we could do to you know, you know, boost pricing? Uh, what are things that we could do to you know, plan for tax for next year? Yeah, um, you know, where's our cash going to come from? All that sort of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. My my most scary moment at that firm was twofold. Number one, um, uh, my senior left after about nine months. So I was uh, okay. I just finished uni. Yeah, uh, I was just kicking off my my CA. Um, yeah, some post grad studies, and uh, my senior left. And rather than employing uh, someone above me, the my boss, who's who's awesome at the yeah. time, um, basically said, "Well, you know, why don't you have a crack? And I'll be here to uh, support you." Nice. And what he really meant was, "I'll be here to encourage you and see if you can take the next step up," which is <laughs> you know, probably one of the best lessons I learned. Yeah, um, and so you know. Um, I balls, you know, maybe one business client up and it wasn't yeah. a huge thing. It was just miscommunication mostly. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that client emailed my boss and was like, you know, this guy's shit. Um, why'd you do that? You know, why didn't you replace uh, the senior that just left? And I, I, yeah, Pete, my boss shared it with me and he's like, I challenge you to turn this client into your best client from your worst. So if you want to just likes you to the one who raves about you. Nice, um, nice. Okay. Yeah, you know, he's like, time's kind of irrelevant. He's like, just do it. And I was like, okay. And so I went to town and, you know, six months later, sure enough, I turned the whole situation around and he was like, I don't know how we ever lived it without guy, blah, 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 blah. That's awesome. Um, so that was, a, that was a really nice learning curve. And the, the yeah. second one was um, uh, really understanding that people who succeed in life don't care about tax. Um, yeah. The reality of that one was uh, a client had sold a business, which is in data. And this is, you know, 2004, five, so once again, desktop prem, on-prem. Yeah. stuff um, and mostly in the, the grocery market to a large overseas company and right. him and his two founders had sold the business for uh, 30, 40, 50 million mm, um, right. dollars yeah. which is great um, and so I rang him uh, his take home was he had the largest share so I don't know what it was but it was sort of 20 million thereabouts yeah. somewhere around that so I rang him uh, after preparing his tax return you know six months after the transaction to tell him that he had a tax bill of Personally, of six million, no, yeah, six six million dollars. <laughs> oh, right, I was twenty two years old, so you can imagine I was sweating bullets. I'm yeah, like, yeah. holy shit, <laughs> this is so bad. <laughs> his response was like, okay, okay, that's not bad actually. I thought it was going to be seven. Oh, good job. <laughs> that's been, and this is back when we had high interest rates. So in the meantime, he's had these millions of dollars that he put aside for tax, sitting there earning like eight percent, seven percent. So yeah. he made like half a million dollars in that time. Um, right, so been doing nothing. So he was, he was, yeah, 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 exactly. And so he was. Um, it was kind of an interesting scenario, right? Because I wasn't expecting that result. And I guess that sort of switched my lid from, uh, 
you know, tax into the sort of business side. And, and yeah. as I journeyed through that firm, um, I put my hand up for um, running our company, our corporate getaways, like our conferences internally. Uh, I put in my hand up for running, um, uh, what else is there, recruitment for grads, uh, marketing for the firm, put my hand up to do some BD development. And yeah. That sort of kind of continued on and I sort of progressed into senior pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, I was doing my CA at night and then by the time I was 24, I'd um, had my own team. Uh, I finished my CA that year and they offered me a partnership and I turned it down to go traveling overseas. <laughs> most of the reason for turning, As you most of turning it down was uh, a couple of things. Number one, the, uh, um, the firm uh, had a leasing and a finance department, which I didn't like. Um, mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with it. I just, I just thought it was a little bit off, um, particularly for my team, yeah, off yeah. core, because we were dealing with entrepreneurs and so it yeah. wasn't like a full service, you know, no growth firm uh, side of the business. It was very much like we... If we can help their entrepreneur grow the business, then like everything else is kind of secondary. Yeah. And so that wanted to be our focus. Um, secondly, was that they were heading towards a listed group, um, which is nothing wrong with, but once again, it uh, wasn't really my bag. And thirdly, yeah. um, the ability to change. So they had sort of 80 staff, 60 or 80. Um, the, the real struggle is trying to turn a ship. It's, it's big. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I'd seen you know, Google Apps coming. You know, back then, Skype was the latest technology in terms of communication. <laughs> uh, actually, you know, that, was, that was new and groundbreaking. This yeah. is 2008. 2000, yeah, 2008. Yeah. Um, so, GFC era as well. Yeah, um, yeah. And then you know, this little company with a blue logo had started out of New Zealand um, yeah. that I'd been introduced to. And so, okay, zero. Um, I kicked off my, yeah, yeah. So, I kicked off my first <laughs> company and logo and branding exercise before um, I, I went on my trip I resigned to actually go into business with my then stepfather okay. um, and then is, is an important word and we'll get to that shortly um, <laughs> oh god <laughs> and yeah it's okay I'll try and keep it light um, and so what happened was real journey <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 oh, it's, it's, it's not all spring chickens right it's no. not all like uh, sunshine and roses so um, basically uh, I resigned to you uh, yeah effectively transition towards taking over a family business of sorts so for my stepfather. Yeah, um, yeah. I set up interactive accounting as a name uh, because I thought it described how I interacted with clients but also yeah. the notion of a digital, a digital medium. Yeah. So that was kind of my, you know, as the world's moving online, future generation entrepreneurs are online, I want to be online, I want to service yeah. them and, you know, no one likes being charged for travel time and no one really needs to meet face-to-face. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, so it was sort of like, yeah, seeing all that coming and then, you know, what is the online platform and zero was sort of coming out of NZ. So yeah. um, I was heading overseas. Um, I'd actually finished my CA and I was kind of bored. I was heading overseas. I booked my trip and I resigned. So I actually took a, a job at a pub called Four Pines, um, which is ah. started out of Manly, which is yeah. my uh, sort of region that I'm from. Amazing. And um, so I, I worked there at night um, even. Uh, before I went traveling, whilst I was working full time at an accounting firm to yeah. just get, get a bit of extra cash to go traveling. That's funny because um, Dan's drawing blanks at Four Pines, but I'm like, that's the best beer ever. That's brilliant. Yeah. Nice. So, a little side story the boys who started it, the family started it from Perth, um, and they grew up around the Margaret River region, and so they'd grown up. Um, yeah, in the years before, drinking little creatures. Mm, okay. And basically, the whole genesis of the story is that there wasn't any way to get a good craft beer and have yeah. a chilled vibe when their family came over and they were family from the hospitality business and their kids are mostly from uh, business backgrounds. So they sort of went, and one of their friends was a master brewer. So they just kind of put it all together and oh, yeah, that's brilliant. the genesis. So, so they had an amazing, amazing 10 year journey for those guys. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, 
So I went traveling, went to Europe, uh, North America, and Africa uh, for nine months. Um, had the company website, uh, sorry, company design uh, for the logo, your name, and everything locked down before I came uh, went away. Um, negotiations kind of broke down from me and my stepdad around me buying uh, into the company or buying a big chunk of it. Yeah. So I was supposed to come home and do contracting to the company, kind of be a soft start. Yeah. Uh, got, got home, uh, had reached out to my old manager at the, bra- at the brewery to get my old job back in the evenings just because the GFC had plugged away at my savings too. So uh, like a good accountant, yeah. I had it all mutual funds. Uh, not sure if you remember, but you had restrictions on withdrawals whilst your money was going down. So, yeah, you know, not, not a great time to, uh, to be invested in that particular asset class. Um, yeah. So instead of coming home with, you know, let's say my startup capital would back then need a box and a server and those things to run tax software. Um, you know, uh, instead of having the 20 grand in the pocket to be able to go and sort of do that and fund it all myself, mm. um, I came back with about a thousand bucks. And and so booked in the job of the brewery to just sort of uh, make sure the lights would stay on at home. Um, <laughs> yep. Wow. Uh, two weeks after I got home. Time is working. You're building a business at the same time as working at the, the pub, basically, at, at this stage. That's right. <laughs> and I'll explain why it got a little bit more hectic. So yep. two weeks after I got home, I said that walked out of my mum. Oh. So all of a sudden, I had no contracting revenue at all. Um, had no accounting revenue lined up and, and had to accelerate getting all my uh, CPP certificate of public practice, tax agents license, everything else through the door. Um, I'm very, very thankful to the last time I worked out. They helped out on all the applications. Um, yeah, wow. Got it across the line uh, whilst working at the pub. So I was sort of full-time at the pub whilst at night whilst kicking this off during the day. Wow. Got it all done by December of 2009 and sort of opened the doors being able to charge in January of... Uh, uh, 2010 and in the meantime I negotiated a I call it an introducer deal um, mm. so there was an old gentleman retiring and you know I wanted to do everything cloud based and I figured you know if he was happy to introduce me to his clients anyone that was happy to go on that cloud journey with me yeah. um, had, you know I had skills to service self-managed super funds small listed caps large mm. charities small businesses and kind of a full gambit so it wasn't yeah. really a, a competency issue it was more of a do they like a 25-year-old kid with a shaved head and jeans and a T-shirt um, who's talking about cloud? Yeah. And this is, 2000, yeah. this is 2010. So this is eight years ago. Right? Yeah, so, so early at that stage. Um, yeah, yeah, we were both working as accountants, but we were very early in our journey at that stage. And yeah, there was definitely no talk of the cloud uh, around our, our office. So yeah, it's... Yeah. Yeah, so look, from there, uh, uh, I got a few clients, like just enough to... Um, like new clients coming in and, and sort of acquired uh, it's like thirty thousand dollars worth of fees and this retiring gentleman. Um, nice. uh, that that was enough to sort of uh, cut back my hours at the pub. Yeah. Um, and sort of plan and plot where to from there. Um, now we'll speed things up, but the most important thing uh, is I hired uh, Lisa to be a CFO for our clients about a year and a bit in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hired Gareth uh, six months later, roughly, to be our head of tax. And then I went to work on the business. So I only filed tax returns about the first two, two and a half years of the business. Mm-hmm. We built five websites in the first two and a half years as well. <laughs> um, very much trying to figure out a way to communicate to people what we did. And yeah. So we were the original kind of move your business to the cloud, um, you know, move all your data online, get better insights. Uh, practice, my background was mostly around systems and accounting. Mm, yeah. I always sat next to the IT department at each accounting firm. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I'd been a geek growing up, geek and sports were like my two things. And so, um, 
and music actually. Um, so we um, interesting. I don't. They don't usually go together. So <laughs> oh, <that's, laughs> no, it's <laughs> Geek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they get they get along. They get along. And music. Um, and music. Too, yeah. yeah. And music. Yeah. There you go. And so um, look, the 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 next stage is very much um, working on the business rather than the business. And and yeah. uh, those two folks who joined me became partners not too long after. Cool. Um, as I brought them on and a piece of advice is that if you trust people and I've known these two for uh, eight and ten years, when I hold on, six and eight years, I think at that point yeah. through studies, um, I, didn't, I didn't have a trust issue uh, with those guys. Uh, yeah. They were hard workers. They were sort of in their late 20s. They're being ignored in terms of their desires to be a partner, you know, yeah. all those sorts of things. And so I basically, I thought they were smarter than me in their particular specialties and so I brought them on. Yeah. With the notion that I was going to go build a software company and have a crack at a few other things. Yeah. Um, so the the upside downside of um, the family the family sort of breakup was that all of a sudden I was sort of pushed into a corner and you know you don't want to be uh, between a mother and a children kind of thing when you back when she's backed into a corner right like Terry lived from limb. So I came out kind of firing. I was like, well, you know, this is bottom in terms of where I like let's uh, let's first world right so. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend that I was starving for food and I couldn't get a bed somewhere. But yeah. you know, it was very much like uh, I came back to a situation that was not rosy. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's the case. I'm, like, I'm good at work. I knew I was good at that and come out firing the other yeah. side. So uh, my plan was to throw as much shit against the wall and see what stick until I was 30. I yeah. had to double down on what worked. Right. Um, so I needed some capital and some revenue and some runs on the board to be able to kick that off. The accounting call provided that. Um, and then the other guys came in knowing that I was going to do those things. So... Yeah. Uh, Interactive was my first company. I started another three companies before practice initial. Um, right. One, uh, one was instead of doing an MBA, I uh, built a pro- software product with a really good mate who was at Atlassian from scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, we got it to market uh, and then we decided neither of us wanted to run it full time. That was yeah. very much an Australian sort of centric product and it was around property and whether or not you should buy it and the tax implications and mm. projections around value and all those sorts of things. So interesting stuff. Yeah, um, but not really a, um, not really like a we're going to build a billion dollar company or, or anything okay. along those sorts of lines. Yeah, um, very much Aussie centric. Um, so, okay. got that to market, proved our hypothesis um, that we could you know, deliver something for less than an MBA to market and generate revenue. Um, yeah. was software um, from scratch, so we pulled that down. Uh, it was another sort of pre, uh, sort of pre hub dog, pre receipt bank um, around getting bank statements. Having people upload them and um, okay, in the early days of the cloud uh, adoption, you would basically have to manually pull the the gap between the say three months you could get from the online bank and when you were starting uh, the accounting entries and perhaps when they last on their books. Yep. So it might have been the end of last financial year. You can get bank statement or QIF or OFX format for the last three months, but the six months before that is all PDF. And the last thing you want to do is manually enter that shit in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so we built an engine which is basically a pivot off an existing OCR engine. I'm not, I'm not sure it still exists today, but basically <laughs> the idea was you upload them. Um, we had templates and then we'd spit you back the completed um, trans- transcription of the bank statement into your inbox uh, sort mm-hmm. of two minutes later. Wow. Um, it was two bucks a, two bucks a statement. Um, and we just had a disagreement um, in terms of the vision of the company. Yep. Um, so I wanted. I knew this was a not a full like it wasn't like you you do that every day. It was very much yeah. like one time, one service, which is why I just wanted to build a new marketing front to an existing engine. Yeah. Um, 
rather than trying to build the whole thing from scratch. Um, yeah. Reality is we just had this, uh, you know, difference in vision. Um, so we started selling that as well and then pulled that down, shut that one down. Um, the first property thing was dormant, so it's still lying there. Um, the second one was uh, pulled down. The third one was um, uh, we um, Interactive's first genesis was very much around, um, you know, we because of my background, I used to do systems audits. Uh, yeah. Just to put together workflows of systems, just to you know design specs for how a company would flow. Um, particularly, I wanted to adopt a stack of apps, and mostly because I'd done it myself for Interactive, and so everything nice. kind of felt similar. Yeah. Um, and so we went to market doing that uh, as a separate business. Um, we had an unfortunate scenario where, so I kicked it off. It got rolled into my accounting firm. One of the partners just kind of overseeing it. We had two folks working on it. Um, we had one person uh, that we let go who wanted to go traveling yep. let them go they resigned and then two weeks later someone else had a bit of a family crisis so the only two guys we had on the, uh, on the project couldn't work for us anymore. Mm, yeah. um, and we had no backup uh, and so we just you know completed the projects and um, effectively wound the company up um, yeah. inside Interactive was owned by that and then number five is practice initials so yeah, well. um, uh, reason I became an accountant. Uh, I like numbers, people. I like helping small business owners make better decisions. Uh, yeah. I get a huge kick out of helping those yeah. um, turn their lives around, right? And and you know, it's providing hopefully information that doesn't suck, um, which enables them to do so or make yeah. better decisions. Yeah. So that's 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 it. The accounting firm pivoted slightly or sort of followed its natural progression and looked after B two B and. Uh, sorry, B2B SaaS companies, e-commerce, marketplaces, venture capital funds, kind of yeah. everything that's got high growth and digital. Um, yeah. That's kind of our sweet spot. Um, and we, you know, we can use all kinds of uh, acronyms and jargon that most firms can't use to talk about how yeah. a business is running in those, in those ecosystems because that's our bread and butter. Yeah. Yeah. So do really well there. The reality is there's not that many of those companies in Australia or the world. No. Um, and so we narrowed our focus. As a result, I wanted to help you know, my brother's a plumber. Right, yeah. so I wanted to help all small businesses. Uh, the way I saw that happening in my lofty dreams was that if we could help an accounting firm run their business better um, yeah. and actually understand who their clients are, so build a source of truth. So, what are the contracts? What are the clients consume? What industries are they in? All those sorts of things, mm. and help the back office run. Uh, accounting firms could spend more time actually with their clients and providing value. Yeah, yeah. in theory. Um, yep. So, practice mission is is. You know, Gen Genesis and, and stage one of the company, which is kind of where we're at. You know, to yeah. quote Mr. Drew, at the end of the beginning, stage one for us is that sort of contract engine. And then yeah. the interesting stuff comes with what we can do next to help you better interact with your clients and also help you grow a better firm. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. So, so that's that's why PI. Then the second reason is to own a stake in the accounting in, you know, in the most efficient running accounting firm as possible, being interactive. So, yeah. you know, my selfish my selfish side is is you know. If I can deliver this, then my accounting firm will actually make better margins than if I was there. Yeah. You know, in theory. Yeah. yeah. The secondary is if I can help everyone else run their firms that way, they can spend more time focusing on their clients to give more value and not worry about how the firm actually runs. Um, so yeah. in theory, they focus on just improving how the firm runs and, and therefore client experience and therefore client results. So that's my, uh, you know, corny um, sort of side. Um, you know, my investment entity that I have that everything's kind of owned by is called Utilism, which is short for utilitarianism, <laughs> which basically means the greatest means the greatest good for the greatest number. Right? So <laughs> nice one. Um, I like it. That's 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 kind of me in a nutshell. There's no point in you know I'm a capitalist as well. There's no point in uh, you know building 
you know, fortune if, you know, your co-founders and your team helped you get there, like let's say use the boat analogy, like if, if they can't afford to, you know, not work on a Friday and come out with you on the boat or if they can't afford yeah. to have a boat next to you, like what's the point? Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Um, so very much, you know, you hear about the lonely billionaires, right? You're like, oh, poor you. Yeah, <laughs> but it's true. But like, you know, yeah, I, I like sharing the spoils. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so that's, I mean, I fast forwarded a bit, but the, um, I guess, you know, the other thing that happened, um, every accountant more or less has a self-managed super fund. And so, uh, I invested in zero shares at a right time and sold at a right time, okay. not necessarily the perfect time on either side. Yeah. Um, but off the back of that, um, sold them and then started investing in startups. So, um, I have a self-managed super fund aside from Archie Zero, so that was great. And around FinTech, stuff to do with superannuation, the two uh, payments and uh, software tools for software developers because yeah. if my team can be more efficient, more software can be built and so on and so forth. So, um, been really interesting sitting on the other side of the table and capital raising is yeah and working capital is, is sort of you know the most nice businesses there's all kinds of fun that you know one of the forecasting tools there's uh, a payments engine there's uh, you know a super super management platform like yeah. the core company there's, there's all sorts of fun stuff mm-hmm. um, so I get to actually help bring businesses into the market uh, do the accounting side when people have questions about the channel and you know how to get to SMBs via the accounts and how to do it the right way. Um, so I get, I get involved in all that stuff, which is yeah, kind of fun. And that was our chat with uh, Guy Pearson. Hmm. Yeah. Good to know a bit more about Guy yeah. and, and what, where he's come from. Yep. Pretty amazing um, from, I guess, yeah, seeing from his humble beginnings as a, a trainee accountant. Yeah. Uh, taking an opportunity out of high school. Yeah. He's now doing his own startup companies, which have gone global. So yeah, that's right. Cool. Yeah, it is really cool. And uh, hopefully uh, hopefully that hits a, hits a chord with a lot, of, uh, a lot of our listeners who are out there starting businesses. I think what really shines through is just he's a really hard worker. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And uh, you know, not everyone wants to work that hard. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he ever took any Monday RDOs or... No, <laughs> no that's right. Yeah, there was no time in lieu for, for Guy, I don't uh, think. Yeah. Maybe uh, that's a new age thing. You never know. He, he, he might retire at 45 or something and get a lot of time in lieu. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe I'm trying to tune in. So we'll no, see. well, not with all these RDOs you're taking. <laughs> taking my retirement early. <laughs> yeah, retirement early. Uh, Tim, do you have another thing this week? I actually do. I've got a couple. Um, One that I found quite cool was a Twitter post by the good doctor, Dr. Carl. Dr. Carl Stefanovich. Yeah. This show is a big fan of Dr. Carl. We do like Dr. Carl. I like science in general. Science in general is quite fascinating. I didn't Mm. do any science in in year 11 and 12, Dan. No, I did know that. You you took... um, yeah. Social well, science. Do I want to say the easy subjects? <laughs> <laughs> it was a smart uh, move. It was efficient. You got the most efficient, you know, returns on your work. So you're you're, right. you're a born accountant. You're right. My UAI was better than yours. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. what this is all about, isn't it? Dude? No, it's not about that. <laughs> <laughs> 
I would say you probably didn't study as hard as me. So yeah, I feel like you've said you wished you studied a bit. There was hard. definitely a few that uh, I could have put a little bit more effort into. Yeah, you could have sucked up to some of those teachers a bit more, like yeah, like you did. Yeah, uh, I was I was certainly only like point six behind you, and that's that's at least worth a couple more hours of study and at least twelve hours of sucking up to to, to a few key teachers. Right. You should have just invested that time. <laughs> sucked up that chubby <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really matter these days we're in the exact same position we actually are yeah, yeah. it's very, very comparable <laughs> uh, well anyway sorry, back, to, go back to dr carl yeah sorry <laughs> off, off course there back to dr carl um yeah he had this really good tweet it was about the um air travel between melbourne and sydney yeah you know it's the most it's the second most traveled uh, route in the world really yeah melbourne and sydney melbourne and sydney wow he had some interesting stat i took a sc- oh here it is right here he uh yeah he said nine million passengers each year fly between sydney and melbourne it's the second busiest run in the world that number of passengers is easily enough to support a high speed train between sydney and melbourne and also negate need for sydney's second airport yeah. What do you think about that? That's true. That is very true. I mean, th- this high-speed rail has been a, a highly charged political issue for a number of years uh, <laughs> yeah. between, you know, all- Brisbane all the way down to, to, to yeah, Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I mean, I, I can... It wouldn't just be the, the flights from Sydney to Melbourne that would change the need for a second airport, I don't think. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, most major cities do have two airports. But the amount they're investing into that... Oh, it'd be huge, airport. yeah. Yeah, so it's an interesting thought. I've been in countries where there's high-speed rail networks and it's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant. I agree. Yeah, So much better than catching a plane. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I would love a maglev purely because I like the science of that. <laughs> uh, you know, a little, we, a little floating train, Tim. Maybe we can ask Dr. Carl about it. Um, yeah. The other thing is Dr. Carl was recently involved with Triple J. Mm. And uh, if you've ever listened to Dr. Carl, he speaks in a very particular way. Yeah, I have listened to Dr. Carl. Yeah, so they did a remix of things that he says. <laughs> that's <laughs> it's funny. Brilliant! It's brilliant. So that's my other thing. Yeah, that's cool. It's a good other thing. You mm. said you had a couple of other things. Oh, well, the other one, I might. Just, you know, I don't want to get you can started save on it. this. Day. You can save it. I might save it for next week. Remind me next week. But mm. it's about the Four Corners um, inquiry into aged care. Yeah, there's actually a royal commission. Yep. Now on aged the care. The day after the. The episode aired. That tends to happen. (laughs) It's usually like a Four Corners report followed the next day by we're putting a Royal Commission on. (laughs) Yeah, so ScoMo announced the Royal Royal Commission into aged Mm. care. And so he should. I mean, a thousand aged care workers came out and said that they were like wildly understaffed. Yeah, I I think this is probably a bigger topic and, I know. and maybe next week we'll have a chat about that. I then. know, tell uh, me about it. But yeah, no, definitely, definitely something scary. Uh, I have another thing, Tim. Yep. Uh, it's an app and okay. yeah, it's, uh, you know, Zero acquired HubDoc. Yeah. Um, so, there's this, another app that's just sprung up, okay. right? I was doing some research about it this week, just like HubDoc, uh, HubDoc but it's called UpDoc. It's not a joke. <laughs> it's called UpDoc. <laughs> yes. What are you waiting for, Dan? <laughs> I'm not waiting for anything. It's just it's an interesting app. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's called it's called uh, UpDoc. Uh, <laughs> it, it's run by a guy named. 
<laughs> it's run by a guy. Uh, no, and, and it's real. It's, it's actually. It's actually real. It's actually real. I was trying to get you. I was What's trying to get dog, you. Dan? <laughs> <laughs> Not much, Tim. <laughs> Yeah, that was good. No, but actually, I thought you were trying to get me like no, before when I walked into the the knock knock joke. No, it wasn't. It, it it is a real it is a real app, and uh, it's it's run by this guy named um, Demand. Oh my god, who's Demand? Yeah, <laughs> I'm Demand, Tim. <laughs> uh, Are you Jamaican? No, I was just trying He's to Jamaican uh, me crazy. <laughs> I was just trying to get you with that. That's uh, not real. Yeah, so your other thing was designed to rile me up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Pass, passes the test. Yeah. So uh, that, that about does us this week. Uh, you will remember last week at the end, I did say there will be a huge announcement. Oh, massive. Massive. I'm looking forward to this massive announcement. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to postpone that to next week. <laughs> I'm going to push it back. Oh my God, everyone's on the edge of their seats, Dan. They're what just going to have they? to stay there for another week and just be like, what is it? What, what are they talking about? What is it? What is it? Tell me. It's Jerry Seinfeld. Oh. What is that? <laughs> what else does he say? Uh, well or something? Yeah, he says, uh, so what's the deal with? Yeah, uh, <laughs> what's the deal with? Yeah. I swear we went on Saturday Night Live on that news desk thing mm. and there's something. Yeah, well. Well, yeah. Allora. <laughs> Allora. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. And we will catch you next week. With an actual podcast. topic next week. Real topic. Ooh. And a big news announcement. Huge, huge announcement. All right, everybody. Speak to you guys soon. Stay classy. Calculator.